hey, welcome to Creative Block. We're your host, Gene. And V, we interview people in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on Twitter if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Hunter Huncock. Hey! Hi! Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? Aka Meat Canyon, Aka Papa Meat, Aka, I don't know. What else you got? Hunter is usually a good one. <laughs> is, is that... They have a lot of meat-themed names. Yeah. 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 That's where the brand has taken me. That's where the brand is taken <laughs> Uh, that's where the meat has taken you. Um, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, my name is Hunter Hancock. I'm Meat Cannon. I do uh, just like short indie animations for YouTube, usually in the humor and like weird cringe horror aspects mm -hmm. of the internet. Yeah. I Yeah, I love your animation so much because, first of all, I love existential horror. <laughs> and what's really interesting with your videos is that it's you know you see the thumbnail and you're like oh this is just gonna be like horror kind of like how you expected it to, it to turn out but it's not it uh, there's all you always have this crazy twist that i'm not expecting like i saw the lasagna garfield and i'm like ooh, i love this subreddit i'm sorry john and you yeah. took it in the in a direction that i had no idea um yeah. so yeah, so good. many so many great uh so many great posts on that subreddit. I'm sorry, John. And yeah. I love the yeah. I love the lore of I'm sorry, John. And that was a huge thing too, is like, oh, I feel like um and it's awesome. I'm not saying that's overdone or anything, but I'm like, how can I subvert expectations with uh the whole Garfield trope of being like an Eldritch horror and stuff? Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of and I just saw Martyrs, which is a French uh horror film. I don't know if you guys watch horror. No, all, what, but, um, what is it? What's the, what's the it's just like a crazy movie about like this these this company that like captures people and they hold them captive and they basically like it's very odd okay. like it's gonna sound very weird what's but the, the name uh, of it again what, it's called what's martyrs martyrs how do you spell it like m-a-r was m-a-r-t or m-a-y-t-r-s right oh martyrs. I see, I see. this has become a Sorry, spelling bee now yeah there we go but the uh but the uh the whole uh Movie's just weird. It's about like uh, people they they hold people and they torture them and put them basically to the brink of death. But it's like so they can see like I don't know God and stuff. It's supposed yeah, to be like that. Sounds every, up my alley. Yeah, it's it's very odd. It's it, it's really cool and really well done. But I just saw that and I like the aspect of like um the like held captive and stuff yeah. aspect of thing and that kind of psychological um thriller aspect. And I really like the idea of like John being this completely schizophrenic weird man who like obsesses on bringing new animals into his home, but they're actually people and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he talks to them like animals. And, um, it's just, it felt like a, just a fun way to take that whole scenario. Sure. And the styles change really drives at home. It's so, I don't know. I was like, damn, this is so clever. Um, but let's kind of like take it back to when, uh, like kind of like as a kid, kind of what mm. was your, relationship to art storytelling uh was it were you the kind of kid that was always drawing or were you or kind of did you kind of stumble into animation what was your yeah i mean i i had always doodled and stuff you know i think like growing up i grew up in Kearney, missouri which is like a very small uh cattle town in uh in uh missouri mm -hmm. and uh it's a uh, obviously not a huge art scene and stuff and um so my 
entire experience was very limited to just like media that I would watch or see on late night television and stuff. And it started with like Cartoon Network and I just liked the camaraderie of everything. And especially like whenever I got a little older into like junior high, like watching South Park or like a new Family Guy episode mm -hmm. um, and then going to school and it felt like everybody didn't matter who you were, where you're from, whatever you're doing. It seems like people had that kind of like love for the same thing. And I just liked that aspect of like bringing people together in a weird way yeah. through <laughs> these tunes. And I always thought it was cool. So it started off with kind of like um, just that initial love. And I didn't have internet until I was in college. So um, I just had like, uh, you know, Shonen Jump books that I'd get yeah. from like Borders bookstore and stuff. And I'd get like, um, just that, that kind of stuff, uh, to be like, Oh, I, you know, I'm going to doodle, but it was, I wouldn't say anything like I knew anything about craft or <laughs> had any mm. knowledge on any of that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. Do you feel like you were maybe, uh, like drawing comics or cartoons and showing your friends, or was this something that you were doing for yourself and, or just posting on the internet? Kind of what was uh, the way you were, um, sharing your art? Yeah, um, I made a comic book, and I would write books in school, and I'd sell them. Hell yeah. Is how I kind of did. Hustle. Yes. Yeah, kinda, yeah. This, this deal of just, like, really stupid, cheap things that would that would uh, just sell, and it felt like a weird, like, rite of passage or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that person bought my book. That's sweet, or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was a mixture of both. Like, I mean, I just enjoyed doing it as a... Uh, it's just a form of like spending time. It's very therapeutic, I think. And, um, but I also enjoyed the aspect of like having my friends be like, Oh, that's awesome. And that was like yeah. motivating in a way too, of like having that kind of encouragement from people that you vibe with at that age, I think is really important. Cause I think so many people are like, you know, kids suck. They're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just like ages 13 to 16, I think is probably the, uh, the worst time. Absolutely. Like no. the, just like as a yeah. not only like through experience but just also like you as a person who think people think that like kids just think they know everything and they're just like little <laughs> shitheads and stuff so to have a group of friends that uh like appreciate what you do and not feel like you're i don't know um <laughs> i don't know being lame or i don't you know yeah. any of yeah, that yeah, yeah. so it's, yeah, so it's yeah. always it's always cool Definitely. No, for real. I think that's like something that's like really uh, important. Like I think in like finding your community early on, whether it's in real life or on the internet, I've always found that to be um, with people we interviewed something that was really strong and kind of motivating to keep creating. Cause I don't think we create in the void. No, <laughs> we, we like to have people look at our stuff. Uh -huh. um do you um after so kind of when did you realize you wanted to pursue cartooning or or making animation probably like when i was a sophomore in high school i really just like really got obsessed with like adult swim and specifically like uh like the 15 minute block shows like metalocalypse is really big mm -hmm. for me yeah. and like I think like really short palpable things that didn't feel so I get not, not, not to say network. Cause I really didn't know what that meant, but it just felt different and it felt like easily accessible. And I liked the minimalist aspect of it. Like it didn't feel like it was um, something where I was like, man, I would love to just like 
write something and just have like people sit around and talk with it. And that was like a style that I just really gravitated towards, especially like King of the Hill mm -hmm. or like just like weird, just like really nice character shows and stuff. Um, so I would say like maybe like when I was around like sophomore year of high school is whenever I was like really like, man, I really want to figure out how to do this. But once again, I didn't have internet. So it was just like <laughs> totally like out in, in the middle of uh, in the middle of the void with trying to figure out what the hell to do with any of that animation stuff. How when did you uh, when did you go online? Like around what age? Eighteen when I went oh, to wow. college. Damn, that's really interesting. Because how old are you right now? I'm twenty eight. Man, you're you, young so that you, seems like a yeah. late start in the internet game it was just one of those things my family and stuff just didn't we just didn't have internet in our area yeah. like i grew up i didn't like i'm not trying to say i was like on horseback riding to school or anything sure. but it was like one of those things where it was like we had dish satellite and it was like why even bother getting mm. their terrible satellite internet and stuff and and i had like i had like friends that had internet so i like i knew what like tourette's guy was and stuff sure. but like i didn't have it to where I could be like, you know, openly do it. And if I was, it was spending time playing like online, you know, Call of Duty or something like right. that with my friends or something at their house. But yeah, it wasn't really until like um, college where I even knew what uh, sophomore year of college where I found out what even like Newgrounds was. Oh, wow. And Interesting. Stuff. And, it, and by that time it was like, you know, it seemed like so many of those people were gone Yeah, off that site. Not, not, not like gone off the site, but it felt like YouTube was the kind of, place where those people were going and even by that time people were like youtube sucks yeah <laughs> for animation fuck this website you know oh, all that kind of it stuff didn't take long so. yeah well it's interesting yeah because i feel like um it's it feels like your work is such an extension of that scene and hmm. the fact that it came from a different place but you still kind of arrived at that is interesting to me like you you it, i mean I, to be fair like we all share the same influence like you said it's all the adult swim stuff and so like um hmm. I, I get that I get where your sort of influence comes from, but the I don't know. I, I would have guessed that you were on Newgrounds very early on. So I, I guess I I was on Newgrounds, but I did whenever I found out about it, I was like obsessed with like doing the the rounds of like so obviously like, you know, um uh Zach sure. and like Oni and yeah. all those guys. Of course like the, the, I obviously have like such a huge love and admiration for them and it, that was whenever it was like in college, whenever you saw people, especially online doing stuff, or even like Felix Colgrave mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. all of these people where you're like, man, I don't even have to go through a, you know, I could just make this with my friends. And that became a more, um, more realistic route. But all in all, it was always like, uh, I, st I feel like I still always just had that prize of like, uh, always being like, man, I just, I, I gotta, I gotta get into the end. I, I'd be so happy. And that's how the whole, my whole life has been of like, Man, I'm gonna be so happy whenever I if I can work oh, an Adult Swim yeah. or something. <laughs> that never that's, that never ends. Yeah, so funny. It's true. There is a little bit of that. The the like I'm gonna be so happy when this yeah. thing happens. And then yeah, the as grass you grow is up, greener. Yeah, <laughs> you have to learn that like of like enjoying the process and stuff. I want to kind of talk about a little bit about college because you did go mm. to college for art and. Where was that and kind of how was your experience with it? Um, I went to Kansas City Art Institute. It's not like the, it's not the art institute. It's right. like chain here in America. It's yeah. just like a public, like a private school in uh, Kansas City. But Kansas City Art Institute, 
it was fine. I mean, like, it's very conceptually based. It's not like Cal Arts where it's practical, I think, for what I was wanting to do. And I think that, um, I mean, obviously, if I can go back, I tell everybody and, you know, people, viewers and stuff can take this with a grain of salt or you guys can re rebuke this. But anytime people are like, oh, would, if, you know, I'm getting ready to go to school, I don't know what to go to. I don't know what, what I'm supposed to be doing. The only advice I ever give is I'm just like, think it over because... God, just like college debt sucks. Yeah, I, and it's yeah. just one of those things where I'm like, you know, take $10,000 loan, put that towards rent, and then just like watch YouTube tutorials or watch like, like find a way to practice it. And then like, if you're going to take out a loan, make it to where you can survive. And then it's on a like a fixed rate and stuff to where you can work a job and slowly pay it off. But like, you can live comfortably. You can get your groceries, all that kind of stuff while still being able to dedicate just this huge chunk of time to the, the actual craft of what you're trying to accomplish and do. And that's something I wish I would have kind of known because that's like, <laughs> you know, the school system right now, they're just like, you're 18 years old. You want to be $50,000 in debt? And you're just yeah. like, God, yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> that's true. I think, and that's like, I, I like that you're, you're touching on the subject. This is like a question that we get a, a, a lot. Uh, I mean, back when I was on Tumblr and people would, dm saying like uh i i'm gonna graduate from high school what should i do i don't want to be in debt and it's like it's it's true it's like um art school is so pricey i wanted to kind of piggyback off that notion you touched on which is uh the college you attended was very mm -hmm. conceptual and i think that's interesting because when I watch your cartoons, I think they're very conceptual, even your parodies, like you could watch them and be like, ah, oh, it's just a parody cartoon. But no, like you, I can always tell that there's a lot of thought that's put into the cartoon and there's like a theme and a concept behind it. How, how was it, uh, how would you define concept from kind of your experience through college? Kind of what did your teachers kind of like, um, give you i guess uh related to that because uh, it feels more um, art like your your animation feel feels more artsy than than craft if that makes sense yeah you know? no like, yeah i mean more yeah 100 you know yeah, yeah. no and i and i think that's 100 percent fair i think that like i just really like one thing that i took away from college was just the um god really i don't even know if it was college i think i just fell in love with like horror and I think I, I fell in love with just the aspect of like what moves people. And I had a, I had a teacher that was like, why does this, you know, like scene breakdowns and stuff and like understanding like visual, uh, emotional, like trans, like translation through a viewer. What do you want to make your viewer feel? Mm -hmm. You know, like those kind of like conceptual questions that I think are like really important because it's very easy. I think a lot of time and it's fun to just be like, Oh, I just want to make them laugh or be silly and stuff. But it's like, how can you like, what, through comedy even how can you make someone like feel sad how can yeah. you make someone feel scared cringing like all these kind of things and i think that's like such a powerful totally. tool with like especially like visual and like um video mediums like you 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 do kind of have that power and you are in that position of control it's just about like um having a clear vision and just like being kind of like um, comfortable with what you're trying to say and what you're trying to present to the viewer. Yeah. Well, it adds those layers, right? Because like comedy isn't hard. You can make a fart and make a lot of people laugh. But it's like, but I think that having those other layers that you're putting in, it gives it this depth and this like, 
like V said, it's it's the the art of it that I think um, really makes it stand out. Like I think I think that's, and I think that what comes through is the the thought and the intention, and like the way that you're describing it, it makes sense that you're you're consciously putting those things in there. I think it's cool. Yeah, always. You know, the thing too is like it might be easy to make people laugh, but to like write a really like great joke that's memorable mm -hmm. that is like unique to you it makes comedy not feel cheap and it makes it feel like something that's like just incredibly valuable totally. and it kind of like i think stands that test of time and you see that with like even like children's shows like you know spongebob Absolutely, yeah. mm -hmm. all these kinds of things where you're just like my god even like today i just you can just sit down and just enjoy it for what it is yeah yeah that's so funny that you say that because i've been like watching some spongebob recently and i was just like trying to because someone on twitter once mentioned the difference between modern cartoons and not cartoons from the like 90s early 2000 mm. and kind of like how they were different and i was like hmm i guess they are different and oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah storyboard based for sure artist driven and stuff like it was it, it has like just such a unique feel and tone to it i think um gets lost a little bit especially with like celebrity um, shows coming out like you mm -hmm. it just feels like oh i'm a celebrity and it's just like i forgot who it was i mean i won't name drop obviously but i mm -hmm. I, I saw some celebrity and they were just like yeah i just, I just wanted to make a cartoon that's just like i'm glad that's so easy for you yeah, that's <laughs> you, get to just, you get to come in and netflix is just like please yes please god yeah. and it takes away opportunities from people who have busted their ass for it like their whole lives and it's just like anyway. yeah well and that's just you know and that the kind of um the kind of visual culture we're in now too. And I, I mean, culture, like just the people enjoy being kind of spoon fed the same stuff sure. and being um, like having that kind of formulaic feel of something that always feels uh, reminiscent, which is something that I capitalize on with parodies and stuff is the getting an audience. That's just like, Oh, I don't really want to explore anything new. Oh, here's my favorite show. And then only to like flip it on them. But that's just kind of, I feel like where we're at with, yeah um movies and everything too well i i yeah. i know what it's funny because when you talk about your parodies i i don't know i could be wrong but i feel like i hear in your voice sometimes a little bit of a like ah, i know it's a parody but i think they're <laughs> great you know like <laughs> no I, I mean you know like there's like so I, much thought it's like okay it's a jumping point short like you're you're putting those cartoons on YouTube and you have to work with the algorithm. And I kind of want to talk about that later mm. as well. Cause I like that you gave the algorithm a name. That's really funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I don't know, like kind of, I feel like you have this love and hate relationship with parodies. Like <laughs> I do, I do. I think, I think it's just because of the innate, I, I mean, like with any artist, I think that you, you will always compare yourself to others and you will compare yourself to people in your field. I mean, like what you aspire to be all these things. And sometimes when you feel like you're taking a, a bit of a cheaper route, like a parody or something like that, yeah. it does feel like at the same time you have to be like, yeah, I mean, I get it. And like, I, and I do try to go as best as I can above and beyond to make it feel less and less like a parody and something that has like that kind of like, you know, love and effort that's put into it. But, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm hit by the same kind of shit that I'm sure everybody is of just like, Oh, I wish I was as cool as this person and I could do, you know, that kind of, um, yeah, feeling, okay. but, yeah. but it's, um, <laughs> it is love hate because it's given me so much of my life and it's made me 
I mean, I feel like a more competent art, I mean, artist, director, all that kind of stuff. And even just socially, it's helped me. And so I, I owe it so much, but at the same time, it's something that it does feel like uh, golden shackles a lot of the time or something. Interesting that's, feels. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting that you say that. I kind of want to explore that a little bit because sometimes working in the industry, that is a little bit how I feel, you know, it's like, this mm. is so great. I get a paycheck every week. It's amazing. And I work with extremely talented people and everybody's nice. And at the same time, it's like, ah, I can't do hundred percent what I want to do because I'm working for a team. Right. Uh, what's, what are the golden shackles for you? I think it's just that, especially online and like YouTube and stuff, stuff that I found is that people, I mean, like to have somebody care about you as a person is so far and in between. And that's not to like complain, but it's more just like the reality of it. Like if I sat there and I was like, man, I'm going to spend all this time working on this project that I'm very happy with. And if it's not the thing that you've built your fan base on, they're not going to care and they're not going to like really want to see it. So you have to kind of like gain, build that trust with them over time. And you kind of have to, you know, it's a, it's a give and pull situation. I have to, do these parodies and stuff which you know i it's not like i'm um you know i have a gun to my <laughs> yeah, head or anything yeah. but it's like the but it's somewhere it's just like i'm very conscious that i'm like yeah i need to do this i don't mind doing them is it the thing i want to be doing the most probably not but that's just what it is and mm. in return i'm able to do like you know able to try monster lab i have no idea how to make a show i have yeah. no idea really what i want to i just know that i want to be i want to challenge myself and do something else and that's what you know I wanted to do with that and I had the platform to do it. So I think that those kind of golden shackles are just the thing of like, you earn trust with a viewer and when you're in the viewers and people who are outside of art where you're like, man, this just isn't as fulfilling as it used to be. They don't mm -hmm. follow that with you. They're kind of there as like, mm -hmm. no, like this is what I signed up for. This is what I want. So it's kind of like being able to pivot and then to have the direction and the inspiration that also gets them to pivot with you is a bit uh is a bit difficult and i think that that's where those kind of shackles come in because if you can't do that successfully then you're kind of trapped in this area unless you just want to kind of give up those uh analytics or those kind of views or that fan base a bit i think it doesn't really matter like you know i i i think it's really interesting and i think that something i um because i'm always get jealous of um people who can make a living off just you know doing animation online whatever Mm -hmm. And, but what I always find talking to, to you or, or, um, Ross or even worthy kids is like, there is a degree still of like, you're, you might not have a boss, you might not have an employer, but now you're like the viewer is your boss. And so if your paycheck's dependent on what people want to see, like you still have to deliver on that. And so like, it's a whole different set of challenges and it takes a lot of courage, honestly, if, from where I'm sitting to like to maintain that and and be smart about it and figure out like what is the compromise here like and I and I'm curious like yeah. if there is sort of a metric in your head of like how many you know parody things you are should do versus original like stuff you know is there sort of a, a process that you have for that you know not really I think it's just more of like what it like, I've been trying to look at like, what are the golden projects that I want to do and how do I get there? Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of the big thing. Like on my second channel, 
I've been dabbling with like live action horror movies mm -hmm. and stuff and like maybe trying more traditional film stuff or even like branching out and doing maybe more of like a Junji Ito kind of like short anthology yeah, horror yeah. series that isn't really based off of like any predecessor like or any like parody stuff. It's all just kind of like weird generalized human fears that I think would be really funny. Yeah. Um, Not and, to be like a mm. fangirl or anything, but before the center of yeah, I was kind of thinking like, you're kind of like the Western version of Junji Ito in the oh sense God. that I cannot, like- I cannot take that compliment I, I know all. you can't, but for me, the way I see your work is kind of how I see, cause I'm like, you're like, it's like the Western take on it where it's just like the, cause, cause Junji Ito, I love his work because it's existential fears. It's like, okay, the art is also really scary and spooky, but it's not like, you know, it's manga. So he can't do jump scares or, or like, right. you know, what a lot of the mo horror movie tropes rely mm -hmm. on. So a lot of it is like existent, like, you know, like that meme that people have taken from his comics where it's like, this is my hole. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like you do that, like with your Nico Kato. Oh my God. That was like, honestly, that was the, that was your animated piece that I was just like, holy moly, this is on another level. Because first oh, yeah, of all, thanks. I was obsessed with Nico Kato because on, he's great. he's great. There's so many things to be obsessed about with his channel because it's like where does the reality start where does it end where is it a comedy you don't yeah like, i mean there, i definitely you know? don't want to give him as much praise as like andy kaufman but it is this thing of like it it, it i mean it just in how i see it is he's completely knows what he's doing whether it's like for entertainment sakes or if it's just for money it's just this thing that's just like in my eyes admirable in the sense of like just staying to the bit now i mean like obviously it's like it's dangerous what he's doing but at the same time mm -hmm. it's just like uh i don't know i just have such a <laughs> such a fascination with that man i just god god damn i love him it's like you know you you uh, you can't stop you can't stop watching it's kind of like when you're watching a show like succession or whatever and it's like mm -hmm. you, it's that similar feeling of like oh it i don't want this to happen but it's gonna happen and anyway you keep watching and like i think your animated piece was so thoughtful and well that's the biggest thing too like right is, yeah is uh god damn people on youtube are just like ruthless i mean that fat bastard you know like all that kind of <laughs> stuff and they, i mean they fucking lash out at everybody and mm -hmm. it's just like it's like it makes it a very interesting challenge too where it's like how can you make this guy sympathetic to where you're like yeah Oh, look at him. He's look how big he made him, whatever. And then by the end of it, you're just like, fuck, I feel like I, I, I feel bad. Like, I feel like I've, mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like, you know, uh, my, my opinion of him or like my, I don't know, outlook on him is just a little, I guess, more tame and not so aggressive or angry. And I tried doing that as well with like the dream one, especially whenever I based it off real people, I'd really, really try my best to not, um, I really try my best not to, I don't know, just be, totally malicious in any way like it just doesn't feel fun it feels yeah. like it just feels kind of dirty and it feels just like just really lame mean-spirited and stuff so um i really try to put a lot of thought into like what i'm trying to say when doing like a you know a bit of a goof video on another youtube persona is it is have you um have you done it with other videos? I've I've and uh I've mostly seen like cartoon parodies and then the Nico Kato, but have you mm -hmm. also like done with other YouTubers? Like other Oh yeah, yeah. Um 
the first one I did was on Linus Tech Tips. I did one, which he I don't think he was too happy with that. That was <laughs> oh. a bit of just like a random. That was like a random one where it was just like a PC review, but he like puts a baby into a blender and like blends it into a computer. And that's like the whole, it's just kind of like always like, and that was the thing is just like taking people's structures of their videos that are always very formulaic and like, just like, I don't know, making, making a joke of it. I mean, it's like nothing that's like, you know, saying anything about him or anything. It's just mostly just, people are recognizable of like, oh, I know Linus. I know that he does, um, you know, tech review stuff. So uh just throwing that in there just felt kind of random and fun but yeah i don't think he i don't think he fucked with that one very much and then i did one with uh david dobrik i've done with like shane dawson during that whole oh shit oh, i need to watch that one it's so funny yeah and then yeah. um and then i did one with dream um i saw that one but i don't know dream as well so i know you more than i know dream yeah it's a uh, well, <laughs> that's, that's cool it was uh the whole video was based around he released this song called uh the mask and it's felt very like it kind of felt like a song that like a 15 year old would write for something <laughs> like it felt, it felt like a kid i mean he, yeah. he's a young guy and stuff and it's one of those things but my god people just like tore him <gasps> apart because he's a guy who has like you know i don't know like 27 million huge following yeah. he's a platform and stuff. he's just a huge guy on the internet so of course people are going to any chance they can you know they're going to tear into you um mm -hmm. So that was another thing too, where I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could take the lyrics to that song and like the translation of like this weird, um, kind of hormonal, kind of feels like he's going through puberty, you know, kind of thing. All the kind of stereotypical things you do when you're a teenager and you're growing up and you know you're experiencing new things and shit. And I was like, it'd be cool to like do this like Cronenberg Kafka esque, like moth transformation. And like the guy doesn't show himself on. Uh, on the internet. So I thought it was like, it'd be funny to also like m make this story where it's like, Oh, his dad is like actually taking care of like this dying child. And it's like, his dad is the actual persona of the channel and stuff. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it was the, I guess the thought behind that, but yeah, I try to be, I don't know, courteous and, and stuff. Yeah. Well, oh, and I did Mr. Beast too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mr. Oh, Beast. Oh yeah shows i think i really i don't know i i get that feeling in, in your animated pieces they're like there's like thoughts and care and like it's it's not mean and it's always kind of like there's like this always just kind of like this like horrifying yet very truth based insight <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I try i for yeah. sure try to make it as respectful as i can i wanted to ask like at, at which point because you have like a team of people helping you um yeah to produce yep. these and at which point did you first start to feel like uh you needed help with finishing shorts what was that sort of inciting moment i think it was just it was like i was going in i really started blowing up in like 2019 mm -hmm. like the end of 2019 is I think the beginning of 2020, I had 200,000 subs or something like that. And then I, um, I don't know. I just was getting to the spot where I was like, man, uh, the videos could be better. I like really started to feel humbled with like, I'm trying to compete on YouTube. I want to compete. I want to feel like I'm getting better and the videos are getting better. And I, that's when I decided it was like, you know, I need to put assets into people that can do this better. Like I can't, sure. you know, there's always going to be a better artist than you. I mean, always, it's just the way yeah, it is. Sure. Um, 
So it's like having somebody come in and then finding out that like buying time is the most valuable thing mm -hmm. that you can yep. do as like a director or like, like, especially just like trying to maintain this like behemoth of like upload schedule. So, um, that's whenever I was like, okay, well we'll get the background guys in we'll get, you know, you got to start off like one extra animator and then it's just kind of blossom into like, now we have a really consistent team always of like usually three, three to four animators, uh, usually a background artist or two. And then a, we have, you know, obviously compositor, and then um, somebody that does the score and somebody that does the audio engineer. So it's just this well-oiled machine now of just like everybody knows the pace. You know, you find some people that are reliable and that you can trust and that you, they they know the amount of work that goes into it too. So you're not blindsiding new people every other week. It's like kind of catering to this thing and giving them a budget too to be happy with. And um, yeah, just kind of building those relationships. But yeah, I think it started, I mean, it started pretty early on of just wanting to have videos and then you saw it in the comments too that was cool of just people being like god these are just looking better like every video just feels like it's looking you know um more professional or just like easier to look at sounds better all that kind of stuff it's just all that stuff was really important to me uh moving forward that's really cool do you uh do you have the same team are they always the same people like or mostly the same people that you get to help uh that you get help from they're usually pretty consistent but i mean like over the years like one of the main, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I can say this, but the, uh, one of the main guys is working. I have two people that have worked with me. They're on the Beavis and Butthead oh, show. Cool. I don't yeah. know if we can say that or not, but the, uh, like, I mean, it's just been kind of a, you know, sometimes people can't stick to the kind of demanding schedule just with sure. life stuff of being like, Oh, I have to go do this or that. So there's always like a, uh, you know, always looking for people that are there just in case, but I would say all in all, it's actually pretty consistent. Because I was going to ask the follow-up question to that was uh, when we had uh, Aaron on the show, he mentioned like feeling responsible for his employees yeah. and kind of like the weight mm. that comes with that. Uh, is this something that you feel uh, with your yeah. channel? Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, like, I mean, the thing too is like, God, I mean, like you guys know you're working on other people's ideas and stuff and you want to feel like you're secure and that like you're working, you're on a, on a good you're riding a good horse, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so it's like whenever a video doesn't perform as expected and stuff, it makes me feel like I've let the team down. Cause usually the visuals and stuff are always down. So it's always, I mean like always trying to make sure that you feel like you're not wasting people's time. I think is a big thing. Cause it's not yeah. a selfish project. It's not ever just for me. It's for me and the team, you know, it wouldn't be possible without them. And um, I just respect the time and the effort that they give to just the ideas that um, I'm trying to make. And we all put so much time and effort into them. So I just want to make sure that, uh, yeah, they're definitely taken care of and that I can be the best kind of uh, boss or director that I can be. Um, it's always very, very frustrating, very frustrating. And um, <laughs> just trying to get that balance of being like, God, did I fuck up here? I don't uh -huh. know. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, so hey, are you, how you doing? And I, and I try to be, you know, pretty open with people too about being like, Hey, how you doing? Are you feeling like, how's this feel? You know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Cause you don't want to be somebody who's just like, go, 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 go without ever treating anybody like a human being <laughs> and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 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 I mean, it's, 
so beyond anyone's control over like what does well right <laughs> and so it's like I think, 100%. I, think, I think everyone knows that and I think uh, there's no yeah I, I get the feeling as somebody who's taking lead and is in charge of and it's you know your shorts at the end of the day but it's like I'm sure everyone on your team understands that even if something doesn't do as well as as you might have hoped it's like YouTube is just fucking awful <laughs> it's just like so unpredictable and so bizarre and it is, and it's a game. I mean, that's the biggest sure thing. Is. It's like YouTube itself is. It's it's not just being like, God, this person's funny. It's you. I mean, it's everybody that is successful on YouTube is playing the game yep. of YouTube and knows exactly what's going on. They may bitch about what's going on. They may be like, this app's, you know, this this website's terrible, but they're playing along with right. like what the website is demanding. Yeah. For uh. For a successful channel you know there's do you i'm gonna like say something that's maybe outrageous oh boy. but do you feel like do you feel like making content for youtube would be similar to being a driver for uber if that makes any sense it's a stretch like in terms of like uh in terms of like the demand and how like your your boss is not a real boss and it's like all on you and you don't have like the benefits that, that like yeah, the platform I'm, doesn't give you benefit and like all that kind of stuff you know like yeah, the i mean gritty of things i think the only problem with like especially running a youtube channel and stuff is just the um it's just it's just the demanding schedule. Cause I think that like, even with, I guess Uber or like one thing I miss about like regular jobs and stuff is like that fun, stressful moment. Like I only worked in LA for a handful, like just like a couple jobs and I couldn't find any work or anything. Mm -hmm. So, but one thing that was always cool was that camaraderie and that like, Oh my God, I'm working with all these talented artists and I feel like I'm growing. And then it was, you clock out, I'm done. Yeah. And you go home. This is just like, <laughs> it's just this unrelenting like uh feeling of being like god i have to go oh god is this gonna do well like y you're kind of always in your head about what's the next move and also it's never like ah oh, that project's done cool yeah. well let me sit it's, it's like all right what's the next thing let's go we gotta go yeah. we gotta go so it's just it's very just super demanding at least for the schedule that i put on myself i know other people are uh way more sane and probably smart about it in terms well, of like mental and you, sleep schedule health. But. Do you think that like, is it, would it be possible to kind of pull back on that schedule or is this like what you have created is the rhythm that it needs to be at for you to be able to sustain yourself and for your animators to kind of operate, you know? I mean, the rhythm is very helpful. I think, especially for the goals that I want to do. Like, I mean, like, I think the biggest goal is at first I was competing with like vloggers. Oh, wow. on the oh site. For that's real. impossible. And I was like, and I was like, <gasps> How can I, how can I be like, oh, wait, so this guy is making animations and they're uploading this and I like him and stuff. How, and then that was like the big thing. I'm like, how do, how can I do that? And now it's kind of like getting to the realm where I'm like, how can I make this feel like a channel? And I'm trying to get to the spot where it's like being able to help other creators fun stuff and have a platform to where they can put it on, you know, this channel or they can get their stuff promoted like I, and i don't know it becomes very dicey and weird so i've been trying to it's just been trying to think of a way to where it's like how can you feel like this thing can be as like cool as like an adult swim or something or like a you know one of those kind of sites and i obviously don't have the answers or anything but that's just like where my mind's at of like how can we compete with adult swim on like 
or uh you know netflix on in terms of like content and what's going on and what's happening so it's just this like weird evolution of what's going on that's like first of all that's very impressive yeah and I think you are second competing. it's you are competing and it's also a huge task it's uh, yeah it sounds like a lot because you're just one guy competing against like netflix that has stocks at like i don't know what is it six hundred dollars a share or something <laughs> I anyway think that it becomes <laughs> i think it becomes less too about the monetary aspect of it and more of just like i mean like obviously you have to have money to survive and stuff and i don't ever think i mean obviously it'll never be like wall street wise as right. big but, but yeah. it becomes something where it's like just like the the thing about like when you're a kid, you just don't know what you're doing, what's going on. It's cool to think about like, how can I challenge and push myself to um, new heights and stuff? And how can I inspire others to do things to where the, you know, I think there's still a negative connotation when it comes to like being a YouTuber or something. But I think YouTube is just like such a beautiful place if you can exist sure. in it and you can feel appreciated in it for a place of being like, you know, putting your video out there and anybody can see it because it's just this algorithm that just shits stuff out sometimes. And it's like, if you get a chance, latch onto it, but how do you change that narrative to where it feels like, yeah, actually the artist has the power and the artist is what drives creativity and not studios and that kind of thing. And um, not saying that studios are bad because I mean, obviously great stuff comes out of it and you have way more finance, like so much more money can go into projects and people can make, you know, a whole huge team of people can make a living wage. I guess it's just more so being like, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe you don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, no, it's, I it's just uh yeah, it's just a thing about just feeling like um, power to yourself, feeling like you can, you have a voice in this fight and stuff. And that, you know, if, you, if I don't want to, I don't have to go into, you know, yeah. uh, animation in LA or something. Yeah. I think that's like, really inspiring and uh i was um you meant we mentioned the schedule really fast do you is that okay to ask kind of yeah. what a typical day and or week looks like for you like how what's this what's the schedule the nitty-gritty yeah. of it yeah, yeah yeah um so i upload on sundays so on that same sunday i'll figure out what the next video is going to be usually in a very rough form like kind of form and then uh -huh. usually by tuesday i'll have a a, a final script done along with a radio play and then uh by usually about wednesday or thursday we'll have a finished animatic boards will be done we'll get that going and then usually by saturday i try to get the animation in to um i try to get the animator started and basically the animators get like we we try to do um so like if it was if we started on like I said, a Monday. So we try, we, I try to upload every two to three weeks. So it's usually like, mm. I don't know. I try to get animators to submit stuff by that usually following Thursday or Friday. So then compositing usually has a day or two. And then usually the audio can be done alongside with compositing with a rough cut of the audio mm -hmm. or with the rough cut of the animation. So everything is done by that Saturday. So usually it's like a 12. And sometimes it's like a, a, a 12 to 20 day turnaround, That's depending insane. on if That's we're... so. If we're doing uploading on three weeks or if we're doing a two week upload. That's amazing. That That's such a yeah. crazy turnaround. It really is. Especially because the quality yeah. is, is really high. Um, yeah. That's, you yeah. know, and it's not something, it, there's so many times. And the thing too is like, 
we're definitely not i mean like we do frame by frame stuff but it's like it, the whole thing is just thinking how can we do this economically to where these animators aren't wanting sure. to pull their hair out and stuff so it's like a lot of it is rigs and a lot of it is like um you know thinking about shots economically like man do we need this kind of thing and then like whenever there's room to play letting those animators do that to where it's like fun and you can see their style and their kind of own right uh mm -hmm. persona come out through that as well and i think that's what makes like some shots so cool and memorable and you can kind of feel like it's never like super super polished it always has like a little bit of grit to it to where it feels i don't know, like an indie project still feels a lot you know yeah it, it feels yeah. um organic which i think that's the appeal of it being independent so like of course you would want to lean into that um yeah i we were talking about like whoops we were talking about like uh studios you know uh competing with studios and um mm. mm -hmm. and i think what's kind of interesting is that like you have the flexibility I, I think that you're successfully competing because I think that, and, and every independent yes. animator is, because I think that what they don't have is the, the um, agility and the sort of way to make decisions quickly, to produce mm -hmm. stuff quickly. And so like maybe, you know, you and the other independent animators on YouTube aren't hitting the same, obviously it's like not the same length and it's not the same, um, I don't even want to say it's not the same quality because I think you guys are knocking it out of the park. But um, but I think that that speed it makes you so much more effective of like an audience grabber. Whereas, you know, uh, uh, studios always lagging behind. Like whatever the hell it is they're yes. doing is yes. six months. You stay relevant. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's frustrating because, you know, um, like I was listening to that Yotam. Yeah uh interview and stuff and it's just one of those things where it's like yeah we love this idea now and it's like well this is going to go on we're going to be negotiating or oh, like yeah it's... you know even like getting a contract signed because it's like you know the the appeal is still there to be like oh i got a show on netflix or something yeah. but it's just those things of like god i hope that they like this idea six months from now yep. or i hope mm -hmm. that like you know after that so it's just it just feels like it just takes, it's just so long. Oh, it's, it's just this, pro, this daunting gauntlet. And you know, and at the other side where yeah. it's like, oh man. It's, it's rough. And I think that like, I think that um, the process is going to have, there's always going to be hurdles and there's always going to be, um, you know, difficulties and like, but at the very least you are doing what you want to do. And yeah, you're not bound to network executives. You're not bound to whatever, you know, current like regime has decided is, is the hot new thing. And so like, and I, I really, we've been trying to get more and more animators to come on the show, like independent animators, mm -hmm. um, because it's a, it's a growing industry and it's really, I think it's going to be really kicking the ass of, of Netflix and all these other places. Cause like, We've seen that they they try to do unique things. They green light all these shows, and then they don't support them. And, and also to piggyback off what you're saying, yeah. Jean, is the, like, I do think indie animators are successfully competing against big networks in that the trend that I'm seeing is that big streaming services are like, well, uh, we can't churn out the content as fast as the indie right. uh, channels. So what... I'm kind of, the trend I'm seeing is that like they're gonna make TV animation 
super high budget because that's the only way to stay yeah. relevant and competitive exactly mm -hmm. so it's kind of like we're like i think tv animation is going to start looking kind of like the marvel movies uh right. you know a couple years from now and that like if you want to make something kind of fun and quirky or just different you're yeah it's going to be it's... new grounds youtube um twitch you know very and interesting point i think it's true. it's just one of those things where brands i think especially like networks are finding out that like if you have the power to make it a marvel you know quality thing you should because that's what's going to keep viewers coming back to your platform mm -hmm. and stuff and i think yeah. that like that's the one thing that youtube has and like social medias have is that people feel connected to you like i mean yeah. mm -hmm. you're like oh i love meat cannon i like i love hunter or like that kind of thing you know of just being like there's a face to that sure. there's not a face really to like you know, uh, no, not a lot of people knew who like Mike Laszlo was or like who, you know, all these other kind of like high end people mm -hmm. are in the industry that are kind of like the puppet masters behind stuff. And it's like people want to feel like they can identify with something. People want to feel like they can, you know, that they're like in on the in on the group. They're like in your friend group and stuff. And that's like something cool that like makes YouTube stuff. It feels like there's anything and everything is being made because people's interests go all over the place. You know, I mean, like, there's YouTube channels I follow where it's like a guy who reviews like woodcutting axes, yeah. and it's like super therapeutic <laughs> yeah. and just like one of those things where you're like, oh my god, this is just heavenly. I like listening to this guy talk, and it's like, and, but it, it just to go in the fact of like, too, it's just like it's the same thing of like maybe some guy who's like, man, I'm not the best drawler, but man, I love doing like renders of Blender stuff, mm -hmm. and I can do like really funny faces, and I like doing these voices, and it becomes more something where it's like, oh shit, I have a following that like loves these things that I like to make too. Yeah. And that's like one thing that I think networks don't have is that personality right. that captivate people in that way. And can, you can get that camaraderie and doesn't feel like you're like, it kind of feels like people who are maybe like fanboying over like Nike or something weird. Yeah. Or if you, or if you've ever been yeah. to like an office yes. job, like mm -hmm. I worked at, uh, whenever I went broke in LA, <laughs> I moved to Utah and I worked at the <laughs> solar company, solar panel company called Vivint Solar. And how was, was that? People, how was it? Like, and did you ever, and did you like, okay. <laughs> was that fruitful in any way to your writing? It was there like, were you like, do you ever think about that experience and draw inspiration? Yeah, from I mean, it? yeah, definitely. I think like it's everything. I mean, like definitely every living experience. I think if anything, it just like, it's just such a different world yeah. in Utah, man. It's just like such a different vibe especially just like with religious restrictions and sure. that kind of thing. It's just this, it's this place where it's just, it feels like so otherworldly. So yeah, definitely. I think that there was definitely some times where you're just like, where the fuck am I? What, like, what is happening? So I think that it definitely affected it, but there was people at that vivid solar place or that solar camp, solar uh, panel company where it's like, they would wear their merch every day and they'd be like, this place is so great. Almost That's like a movie so where you're oh, like, really? and it's so That's odd. So it feels creepy. so like NPC ish. So that's what I mean is like, it, you can't, I don't think you can get that. Like, I feel like if there was an animator, even if I was working on like, like, I don't know if you're working on like uh, an HBO show or something and you're just like, God, isn't HBO the best? You'd be like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, I like, I like, <laughs> I like the create, I like the creator or whatever, you know, or like, I like the, I, I love the people that are involved, but it's never really the, I think the <laughs> God, I love Netflix or something like that kind of vibe. Have you ever actually considered like, pitching or have you pitched and and you have any interest in trying to pursue that like tv route yeah i've pitched before i've pitched and i've 
I don't know. It's, it's never like, I'm very comfortable with where I'm at, but also just like I have a wife and I'm trying to think of like mm-hmm. financially as well, oh, sure. like yeah. what's what's beneficial to me and stuff and like those kind of things. And also just like being able to collab with like more people that are like way more talented than me mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff on like things and have those kind of connections. So it, it, it has been something. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've definitely pitched before. I've like pitched to like sci-fi I've, like this is even before my youtube popped off or anything it's just been like weird little uh pitches here and there and stuff and just like that whole grinding aspect that really i think that really cemented my love even for like when i hear people complain about like youtube and stuff i'm just like fuck man it's rough out there too like there's yeah. no per- there's no perfect spot no. ever no. like you it's, it's really like where are you happy to fight the fight and then fight Pretty there much. You know, because there's going to be people, too, who are like, yeah, fuck YouTube. I'd rather just pitch. And that's cool, too. You know, I think that's great. But I think it's like being honest with yourself and being like, oh, am I pitching or am I trying to pursue this YouTube thing because I feel like it's going to give me lots of followers or or am I pitching because it feels like more of like this is the respected route to take or something. I think it's just about being honest with yourself and like what your own interests and what you're wanting out of, you know your one go around in life i guess where you want to spend your time yeah. i think that's super super valuable and and like i'll be i'll be honest like i mm. went into the industry with that sort of mentality of like this is the this is the right way to do it you know because like I, sure. I started out in the flash animation scene and i had moderate success and if i had kept that up i might have been in a different place who knows i'm not, i don't live life with regrets but it's like I chose to go into that in a, into a different path of like pitching and getting a show, and um, and over the years and through all the sort of failures and and uh, disappointments, it's like now I'm I'm looking at what you and a lot of other people are doing, and I'm like, well, shit, there's an industry here that is there's an audience, I should say, there's an audience that is really receptive to like original stuff, and now that with with Patreon and and you know Twitch streaming and all these mm-hmm. things, there's all these channels to sustain yourself in a pretty healthy way like yes there's the pressure of maintaining that but um i got burnt the fuck out on tv animation and so i'm not even working in tv right now and oh really what are you doing i'm working in mobile games it's it's like i'm i'm a manager of a team and it's great because i i don't get i'm not tired at the end of the day of drawing or yeah Yeah, so it's like i found a balance for myself that works for me for the for the near future and i'm still doing a lot of other creative things um, and so that's the balance that I've had right now, but I would love to get into, to, I would basically would love to get paid to just work on my own stuff and do what you do, like delegate. But I know that like, from what you've talked about and what I've seen, it's like I said earlier, like it still is a challenge. And so I really love what you said because it really so, comes down to yeah. what do you want to do? Like what, what will make you happy? Yeah, what do you, yeah. what do you want to do? And no matter where, like, you know, it just kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. I mean, no matter where you go, what you do, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be, yeah. there's, there's no such thing about being like that whole thing about like waking up every day and you're just like, yes, yes this is it. Like, oh my God, that is not true. Don't ever be looking for that because that shit is gone. <laughs> like, I don't know if it ever existed, but it's just one of those things of like that grass is always greener yeah. mentality. Get that out of your head because it's like, right. it's never like, oh, once I achieve this, I'll be happy. Yeah, no. Once I do this or move here, it's just about like, the constant staying in the middle of being like, I know this is what I want to do. This brings me the most happiness in my life. And I want to just like ride that road yeah. and see where it takes me and stuff. Definitely. I think that's great. Um, uh, we uh, like to ask our guests how they deal with creative block and uh, mm. how does that, how do you deal with it and how does it feel to you? 
God. Creative block fucking sucks. <laughs> like, Especially if the, the pace you're going, man. Like, I, I'm sure it hits you all the time. I, I can't, like, wait. Just, like, let's just kind of reel it back for a second. Uh, How long have you been doing the YouTube channel? Like, like, actually... I've been doing two week, two to three week uploads since the middle of, like, the middle of the year 2019. Goddamn. So about two, almost three years. That's nuts. That is such a feat. Um, I hope everybody that's listening can appreciate that. <laughs> uh, do you, like uh, right now, do you feel burnt out? How do you feel? I felt, I felt burnt out for, I, I'm not even, I don't, there was like a severe depression and burnout phase all of last year. Mm. I think like mm. right at the end of 2020, I had like a really good video and it was just like lost. Like I was just like, I don't know what. I'm going to do like, I'm just kind of like in this spot where I'm like, Oh God, like everything, like nothing seems satisfying. I'm just kind of like trying to figure out. And I think that the best way to combat that, well, one, it's like, you got to take time off, yeah, you like do. you just got to. And I am in living in this irrational fear and I know it's irrational, but it's hard when you like, like I say, you just have just all these things that are like glaring in your face of just like, you got to pay this. You got to like, like, you know, like, like your compositors asking for work. Like, is your animators are like relying on you and stuff? Um, becomes a bit harder to like want to take because it feels selfish, even though it's just human, I mean, nature to like relax and like you're constantly when you're producing things. I like to think that you grab a big full sponge that's full of water, and for your production, you squeeze it all out and it's done. And then you kind of like sit there, you drop it back in, you let it refresh. You kind of do that again. It's like with what I'm doing, it's kind of like really, I mean, just like squeezing, twisting and like trying to get every last drop out. And I think that like when you go through that, you have to take those breaks and like just kind of say fuck off to art for a bit. And you need to do other things that make you happy and like serve you yeah. and stuff. Live healthy, sleep, like get good sleep is a big thing. <laughs> My friends have like scared me. I've like researched like they keep telling me about like sleep stuff, and I'm like I'm gonna die when I'm like 38 years old because Honestly, like I will, either, either, yeah. I no for real. I feel like I've started taking melatonin um probably two months ago, uh, mm -hmm. and I've been able to sleep deeper. Like I don't wake up. I used to wake up uh from three to five times um throughout the night. So yeah. now I don't wake up and. Uh, I don't feel nearly as depressed as <laughs> than it's I have. It's true. I mean, it's like, it's isn't just, that crazy? It's, it's just science. It's it's mm -hmm. so fucking weird how simple it's kind of it's with it's with anything though. Like it's just like right? God, it's just so frustrating. I'm such a fat piece of shit. I sit there and I, <laughs> I I eat all this horrible stuff and I'm like, well, I just don't understand why. And it's like, dude, just eat good, yeah. <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Go to the gym, work out, do your own yeah. thing, you know, and then like live healthy and you will be, I mean, just that alone will make you already so much happier. Even I know like, obviously you're going to have your hiccups and your struggles oh, yeah. and stuff, but if you're mentally strong enough to like do those other things, it makes dealing with the hiccups and the speed bumps in your life a lot yeah, easier absolutely. and a lot more manageable. So, I mean, like, but in any regard, I mean, like besides the obvious, I mean, things that I love to do is I like to do stuff outside of animation. I like to like draw physically or like do ceramics. I like basically oh, cool. like it brings me a lot of joy still making stuff. Like I just like making like shit. 
from especially for myself in those burnout times, like not really posting about it. It's all these things that are just like they exist in yeah. like my little studio, and it's just yeah. stuff that you're just like, oh, that's nice. I did that for me, mm-hmm. and then you just like put on like a nice album mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just like zone out, and then like almost always, if you can actually be honest to that response and not cheat it, usually always you'll be like, oh, you know, this is kind of a fun idea is, and like you kind of just kind of comes back to you. It's very weird. It's like you just kind of come back from the darkness mm-hmm. a bit, and you kind of have a bit more perspective and. And things uh, seem to be a little bit more interesting or they present, the ideas present themselves to you, I think. It's like the, the comfort, it's not, and I don't mean just food, but it's like the comfort uh, things, you know, where it's like, yeah, I'll I'll put on like some rom-com from the 2000s that I, yeah. <laughs> and like, and work on Gunpla. And I'm just like, and it's like enough of a detachment from what I normally do. And it's just like, like calms my mind for an hour or two and like, and then, yeah, just like taking a shower, like taking a nice shower. It's like these little things that add up. And like you said, the sleep is huge. And like, like I, I coming from an experience of somebody who had bad habits over years, got like past a lot of them. Like I started working out and I started eating really healthy. The moments mm-hmm. where I let it slip, it's like you said, it's like you don't know. You're like, why do I feel shitty all of a sudden? It's like, oh, right. I haven't been eating well like you start to like notice the things that you were slipping up on and it's like man this stuff like is there's a strong correlation between diet and sleep and exercise like it's it's and, and i mean it's just and it affects creativity it's just so crazy yeah yeah it really does it, it affects your brain and like especially just like there's so much interesting stuff of like god just like sleep like actual sleep you get the uh the actual sleep you get like REM sleep of it yeah. being like actual mm-hmm. uh being like it just associates with like you know thought formulation and like mm-hmm. how endorphins get pushed through like all sorts of things of your life so i just can't stress it enough because i know as a kid even people would be like be sure to get sleep and you're like oh fuck off dude you old yeah. piece of shit i know what i'm doing like yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like i do i just yeah. exactly and because when you're young you can stay up you know, wake up at five in the morning, go to bed at like seven a.m. the next morning, sleep for two hours, and you're just like, dude, I feel great. Yeah. Well, it's a point of pride. But then, yeah, it's like, I'll yeah. Sleep when I'm dead. But then you sit there. <laughs> it's like you, right. you'll go through. Uh, you go through college. You go through those things. You'll 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 live a little bit. You'll get a regular job. You'll be working, and then like things start the the gears start to rust up a bit, and you're like, damn, I got this weird tick in my back now and <laughs> stuff like that. My ass is 28 years old. I've abused the fuck out of my body, and I'm just like, it's just like an old rickety roller coaster at this point. It's just about, about half near tapped <laughs> not, on it's it. Not so too late. I, yeah, you could definitely. Yeah, no, it's it's you just it's it's all just you gotta start today type shit. Sure. Instead of tomorrow. I love that you you your friends keep sending you sleep like scientific or like <laughs> yeah. analysis or whatever. Like how much of those do you get? Like how many of those too, did too, you read? Too much to the point where they're just like, isn't this interesting? And I'm like. <laughs> No, let me check it out. And then after, after a while, please. I was like, "God damn it! This is this is a huge like like a uh, flare up in the air." Like, <laughs> they're trying to tell you something. This is yeah. This is a friendly way. It's so funny. Um, oh. we got a few questions on Twitter that I wanted to ask. Um, okay. Uh, from two different people, I asked more or less the same question at Carts QT hmm. and at Cash Cash. They were asking, um. Basically, what are the benefits or disadvantages to um, working independently versus working uh, for a studio or you know YouTube versus TV? Because you've you've done both, right? Did you you've worked in TV briefly? 
Uh, very briefly. Okay. And uh, mostly for, like, mostly the, my biggest contract was like for like amusement park, like this amusement oh, park okay. cartoon thing. Okay. So, so you have that was in Burbank, so I'll count it. Okay. No, count that's it. a point. Okay, yeah. So how do you? I feel like that 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 can thread back to your content <laughs> amusement park. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, how does how do you feel like the differences are from your pers uh, uh, perspective? I think that YouTube and stuff is obviously like there's like there's a thing to be said about like um, what is it? I was trying to say this too earlier with like uh, college and stuff. You know, I might be like, oh, take a loan out and stuff, but college and being in an industry and being around people helps you socially. You're not gonna you could be the most talented artist in the world. If you are not a pleasant person to talk to and you don't have good social skills and you aren't, you just like, that is so vitally important in life and in any like regard. <laughs> so it's like working in a studio and stuff was great. Like I loved being able to feel connected with people. I like being able to feel like I could understand more perspectives. I could get more insight to other people's lives outside of myself. I thought was important, but at the same time, just, it's just me. It was something where I grew a little bit resentful because I was just like, man, I just really want to work on my own shit. Like, I don't want to have to work on this or whatever. It pays me and I'm like stoked. I'm happy for that. But so with YouTube, the biggest perk and the perk that keeps me going is that I, you know, I fight for myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, people can hate you. You know, people can hate your stuff. They can talk all the shit they want. But at the end of the day, as long as you are happy with what you're making, it is so much easier to be like, to wake up and be like, cool, I'm going to do this today because it's going to, I'm fighting for myself. I'm not fighting for somebody else or I'm fighting for like rent or something. It's fighting for like your kind of artistic vision and your kind of um, creative voice. And I think it becomes a lot easier to like make stuff. Just to, I'm going to jump in for a second. You, mm -hmm. You're talking about hate. Do you, uh, do you get hate? And if yes, oh, how do you deal? How, how do you yeah. deal with it? <laughs> I, I mean, haven't I, seen I, it. I, I don't even. I don't even. I don't even know how I deal with it. I just. Oh, you just kind of. You just kind of deal. You just kind of have to deal with it. There's gonna be people who just hate. That's just with anybody in life. Like you're not. You like. There's no way everybody's gonna yeah. like your stuff, and it mm -hmm. sucks. I mean, like I put as much effort as I possibly can in. So when you see people who just like disregard what you do, they're like, oh, it's the same fucking thing every time. You have to realize that, like, fuck that guy. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> and just, like, move on. Like, really, you, you, and it seems stupid and childish, but at the same time, it's just, like, pay attention and pay mind to people who are giving you actually actual criticism. Mm -hmm. Take that. And sometimes people are going to give you critiques that you, don't deal, like, that you don't agree with, and that's okay with, too. Like, just because something's constructive doesn't necessarily make it true to yourself or, like, your vision of what you're trying sure. to do. So it's like pay attention to people that you are close with your friends who are giving you constructive criticism that you appreciate and you respect their opinion and pay attention to people who are like supportive to you. I am terrible at that. Like I'm, I'm really bad at like, you know, there'll be tons of comments. People being like, Oh, I love this. This is great. And then there's one guy who's just like, dude, guys falling off. This guy fucking sucks. And that <gasps> ruins me. You know, I'm like, Oh yeah. God or whatever, but that's just the way it is. And that's just, you know, it, 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 it's ebbs and flows, but I think it's just all about, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, you just got to say, fuck the people that are trying to like, just be mean and not help your creative yeah. journey. And you have to just like push through. My rule of thumb is generally because is like, are you paying my bills? Then I don't give a fuck. Hmm? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like, and the thing too, is like, there's so, and there is like, 
there's times, especially with like, you know, artist stuff and with mean comments and shit, there'll be one person where you're like, before you even upload something or you make something or show it to somebody, you're like, you'll be like, oh man, I shouldn't have used that red for the truck. That's like, not like just as an example. And there's going to be one comment who's just like, what a fucking stupid red to use for that (laughs) truck. And you're like, oh, Fuck. They notice. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, God, I'm, I'm a hack. I'm a fraud. You know, that kind of thing. I, so I almost get a sense of comfort from that stuff where it's like I knew this thing was not good. I knew that I, I didn't do my best in this section. And when somebody calls it out, I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> there's something where I'm like, okay. Yeah, that, you know? that, that feels very rational. I feel like a lot of times with it, especially like there's this weird mentality with uh, YouTube and me of like if something doesn't get 10 million views I'm like it's a it's a it's a flop right or something by the way I was just gonna say like hmm. a lot of cartoons on TV do not get do not get like never, yeah. 10 million they don't even views get a million or yeah. 5 million views if they get a million they're happy it's like- yeah that's what I'm saying you're competing successfully because you're hitting numbers that yes. they wish they could get yeah yes yes and the, and, and the thing too is that it's so it's, it, it's, it's, if you just, if you can step outside and you can be a person, I have some friends, I have a buddy, Tom, my, one of my good friends, Tom is like, so good about like having this like steel trap mind where he's just like, well, you know, he's just like, if something like, let's say usually like a good standard for like YouTube animations is like, usually like a million views is like, sure. Yeah. People are usually happy whenever you hit that million and you're like, okay, cool. Like it feels respectable. It looks good on paper, right. And it's better than most TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Apparently that too. But TV. yeah, then my buddy will be like, you know, if you're trying something new, and let's say it even just gets like two hundred thousand, that's still like two hundred thousand plays. That thank God. Yeah. So it's like having that perspective and just being like, be grateful for the kind of views that you do get now, and also like keep in mind that like you don't have to constantly shift that goalpost because that's really hard on terms yes. of online stuff of like, once you hit a certain peak, there becomes a thing where you'll see a lot of like a public narrative too, that happens of like, Oh, well he hit this high, but he hasn't been up there yeah. since or whatever, yeah. but that doesn't really fucking matter. As long as like you're happy, you're paying your bills, you treat people good. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? You know, it's like, a th- it's not yeah. a contest. There's no contest to anything that's going on, but it feels like it a lot of the time. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and I think that comes even if we see that in like music or used to see it in music where there would be a one hit wonder and then they never get that hit. But it's like, I've realized that a lot of those acts, they have very successful careers. They're just not, you know, number one on the radio, but they're like paying their bills and then some touring and whatever. It's just like, yeah, they're not in the, in the public, they're not in the mainstream, but like you don't have to have constant hits. You just have to have consistency, right? Like that's the important thing. It's just consistency and like, yeah, I think it's just, being true to just like what you want to do. Like, I think that like, as long as you are honest with your creative journey as an artist, there just is like no wrong you can do. You can't sabotage, don't sabotage yourself or others and, and means to get to a place. Like be honest with yourself. If you have to work a day job and you're making stuff on the side, I mean, I've done, I mean, more power to you. A lot of people do that. I find it very admirable when people do that. I think it's cool. I think that like, you know, just be honest to yourself, whatever you want to make, you know, don't bend the knee for anybody. Uh, just like try to keep growing as a person and as an artist. And that's all you can do. Definitely. That's just literally all you can do. Um, uh, at K makes things asked, what was it like moving out to LA for animation? Was it a big culture shock? Yeah, I literally, when I moved to LA, it was three weeks after I graduated college. I had like no 
money. I moved to LA twice. The first time I went, I went and I lived with an aunt that lived in the area for a month. And then I tried to get this job and I lied out of, uh, <laughs> I, I lied out of pride, I guess, being like, yeah, I got it. I'm good because I can only stay at her, her, like this, like retirement community for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So I was homeless for a while and I was like, this sucks. I'm going to oh, go back. Fuck. What did that but look like? Like, were you, I don't know. I was in Carlsbad, California, which mm -hmm. is like three, it's like closer to San Diego. Mm -hmm. It's like three hours South, I think, or something. And I would commute to LA and you guys know Sean, you know, Sean Glaze. You yes. Know, yeah, yes. Yeah. So we I, yeah. so I, when I would commute up there and I would try to meet with people and Sean was one of the guys and I got to meet and I was like, Oh, it's really cool hanging out with you. And then luckily enough, I was like, Oh my God, finally, I was like, Oh, I'm going to get, which I don't know if he wants to share this stuff, but the fist head stuff that he did, but the, uh, Titmouse was getting ready to do that show for him. But then like the week that they were getting ready to do it, uh, adult swim pulled out on it. So I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. so then it became something where I'm like, okay, we'll have to move back. And I moved back to home and it was just a huge, like humbling yeah, yeah. experience of like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not like there's, you know, another thing of like, people aren't just going to randomly care about you or your mm -hmm. situation. Like you're going to have to fight and you're going to have to like grow and make people like want to hire you and do stuff. Um, but then I, the next time, like maybe like eight months later, I got a night, uh, another shot at this, uh, yeah, that was the roller coaster or the amusement park animation thing. Mm. And wait, was it wonder park? No, no. Or amusement park. It was, it was this, uh, little studio in Burbank called mammoth vision. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's right by the Ikea in Burbank, <laughs> which we can bloop, bloop that out. But the, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it was awesome. I mean, like, I was just like, oh, my God, I did it finally. I went out there, and I showed him, like, one mouth pack. And I was like, I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so, not, like, I'm just, like, not super confident. Like, out of all the people in LA, it was like, I was always just like, how the fuck are you doing that type stuff? So I, like, uh, I got this job, and I was doing it. And it was it was cool, but it was just not, you don't really know anybody, and it's hard to break into friend groups especially especially if it yeah. feels like you are hey man would love to hang out with you and talk about you know possible, possible job openings or like or oh like hey i hear you work at netflix is it cool if we want to get a drink because it feels parasitic in a way and it feels like oh well you're just wanting to use me to get into this thing but i was just such a huge fan of all these artists and i know you've had ian on here mm -hmm. i met ian at there was uh Across the street from Sprouts, there was that little in Burbank. There was that diner. It's closed now, but the we met up with him, and I was like, "Dude, you have twelve hundred followers on Instagram. How the fuck do you do it?" And he's like, "I have no idea what you're talking. About. <laughs> like, I, have, I don't know what is happening." So I like I got that gig, and I did like uh, that gig was like a three or four month long contract, and I was a big reality check there too. That it's like, oh, you don't just like get a job. It's like you're constantly yeah. grinding contracts yep. and like trying to set yourself up. And yeah. if you're good enough, you know, I've had, you know, Sean's a great example of somebody who's just like, he's going to get work. Like there's just, yeah. there's no way he's not. So he can schedule times where he's like, oh, I'm going to take a bit, a bit of a break or something if yes. I want to, which is cool if you can get to that spot. Um, But after a while, I just couldn't find any work. And I was trying to, I was like lived in a, like a studio apartment in LA and I was working at overnight stocking at Ralph's and I was a, at the bakery at Sprouts. <laughs> I was like, mm -hmm. dude, I'm going, fuck. I went broke again. And my uh, and I had to leave my apartment. That's why I was like, I'm not going back to Kansas City. Like I just can't mm -hmm. face that reality again. So I was like, fuck it. And I I had a buddy that lived in Utah, and I was like, 
is, is there any good jobs out there? And he's like, oh yeah, they just opened this big solar panel thing. So I just applied on that, the drive over and <laughs> did the interview like two days later in Utah. And that was that. Side note, I heard that uh, Utah is hiring a ton of like tech. I, crazy. I don't know. Adobe's yeah. out there. Adobe, yeah. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was just like doing some like quick research for the personal project. I was like, what if it happened in Utah? I've, I've only been to Moab, so I don't know anything about Utah. Oh, well, uh, but yeah, oh, <laughs> I was just but, like, but I guess uh, I guess more of the story is I, I actually love I, I liked L.A. I thought it was cool. I thought I liked it more than I worked in New York for a bit. And I thought that L.A. was cooler than New York. And uh, there was just a like way more, especially at a young age. It's cool being in that environment of like people are into cartoons professionally and then you want you're like oh cool and like there was just a great bunch of great drinking draws like hyperion i don't even know if hyperion taverns open anymore but um mm. yeah there's just a bunch of great stuff that i just enjoyed so i liked it a lot just could just couldn't afford it yeah just too damn expensive no, it's, yeah, it's brutal it's yeah yeah i mean if you can if you can Actually, you, most people should try to make a living somewhere else. And so, like, it, it's especially now that everything's remote, like trying to have a normal life in L.A. is pretty damn hard because it's just constantly looking for work, like you were saying. And mm -hmm. I, I think that there's no there's no need to pursue that if you want to just like make your own stuff especially like you just don't and there's people who i see that move to la and they are independent but then they end up not being able to keep as much of the money that they're making because they're living in these expensive ass apartments it's like well especially if you're if you are a independent artist you need to like research taxes research like how that affects your income and stuff because it's not like oh my god i got paid this amount well you own like you get like 40 percent of almost like 40 percent of that's going away oh yeah <laughs> to like yeah. taxes and stuff and that's another reason yeah. too that was like with la i'm like the state tax is just i mean it's robbery like i, I couldn't <laughs> even fucking believe it. i'm in texas now because fuck the state taxes i'm like I'm in, that's why i was like i'm just gonna go to texas and like try to retain that savings account and like you know all that kind of shit so uh yeah i just can't believe it and i hear they keep trying to raise it too so oh yeah well um i heard that a lot of people from california moving to yeah, texas I've heard so. that, yeah. yeah probably god it's brutal yeah, yeah. It, 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 it does feel like it's becoming like a new little la yeah. i think netflix is having a thing out here and like so many big companies are i'm in austin so it's like right in that uh new tech and and production like, city thing it's kind of like it's 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 blue right so it's kind of like friendly for la people I guess. yeah yeah it definitely i mean like when you get in on the outskirts and you get some you know good old boys or whatever sure. mm -hmm. in the outskirts of stuff That's but every state i think that like it's a very open city it's very i mean i think it's in incredibly inviting yeah. of everybody which is cool yeah i mean it's not like la doesn't get real shitty outside of the it's like california, right, california right. is like <laughs> right. so fucking red and then it's just you go to la and san francisco and it's like these weird yeah uh, and san diego and san there's diego. just a bunch san of big diego cities. actually yeah. is pretty fucking red i think i it's really yeah, it's, it's the it's the best it's the best city in L in california yeah. without this is doubt, the political part of creative block you guys so yeah. this is all you of our political hot takes <laughs> <if you> <laughs> I like San Diego a lot, but it, it is there is a ton of of conservative people there too. Yeah, it's just old people. It is a lot, but it's a beautiful city. Yeah. It's just a, a shit ton of old people who like 
We were just like, you know what? Florida is too hot. Yeah. I want to live here. It's, it's that kind of yeah. thing. So it's, it's, uh, it's very pretty though. I like visiting a lot and I, I don't know. I might retire there. <laughs> it, it is, it is very nice. Um, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are your long-term goals? Like, do you, uh, want to keep maintaining this schedule? Do you want to keep doing the independent thing or? No. God, no. Nice. <laughs> I think I, I, th I, th I think I want to get to a spot to where one, I feel like financially, I don't need to like, I don't know, keep this grind up to keep something going. Sure. I think that I want to like the, the second channel that I started is very much a monetary system of like making it more personality based. So, you know, you, so you like can see my face. I have a soul mm -hmm. and kind of thing, yeah. uh, make goofy content while still doing like sponsors and stuff that like are good for getting some revenue in for new cartoons, that kind of stuff. But like, I mean, like, I just, I don't know. I just want to do everything. I just want to like, feel like I, it's like, if I want to like sit down and be like, I'm just going to make a puppet production for a local theater. I'll feel like I want to be able to do that and just like mm. say, fuck it. I know a big goal for me this year is I would just want to make like a really well done 15 minute short mm -hmm. film, like live action horror short oh, film would be awesome. And other than that, I mean, I don't know, like I just want to have fun and I just want to feel like I'm growing as an artist and growing as, you know, just a, yeah, just an artist. Just want to keep evolving. I didn't want to feel complacent. That's like the biggest fear I have. And I think that's like a reason why yeah. I, I'm like addicted to that pain is like, it's nice feeling like you're struggling mm -hmm. and, and you get that reward and you're like, oh yeah. And I don't want to feel like that. I, I, I really do enjoy that. I like that, that given pull of it all of, I like bitching about <laughs> how yeah. much hell I'm in. And then I also like being like, God damn, it was worth it. Well, back to the drawing board <laughs> yeah. or whatever. So yeah. it's like, it's a give and take, but it definitely isn't something that is substantially, it's not meant for a long-term thing. I think it's done its purpose of like garnering, an audience and I think it's mm -hmm. like time to uh I guess start harvesting on the benefits of having like a larger audience and doing stuff more for myself versus like the algorithm and trying to like view chase I think it's really smart do and all you, that kind of stuff do you feel like the amount of content you put out because it's a lot uh mm. is enough that it for passive income to just kind of carry you through if you have a rough time like does that mean I mean I, I don't yeah, know if that question um, makes sense no, no, I don't think so. I think that like, mm, okay, I, was, I think that like yeah. it, it, it's enough body of content to where it makes when I make it an, an upload, it gives them all a little bit of a boost right. because in the algorithm, people mm -hmm. watch that video, maybe they go and watch another one, mm -hmm. but it's like, I mean, like you, I mean, you really have to like continuously upload. Like it's always okay. like, damn, it's just this like, you know, I mean, like it really is, and you know, some people like, some people with certain kind of content or whatever people do. And I mean, maybe they're, they have just this huge, crazy dedicated following on Patreon to where it's like, Oh, I don't give a fuck about like really the YouTube revenue as much as just like, I have this awesome fan base and I'm making like, I don't know, 10,000 a month. And that gets me by just okay. And I can make my films and I put it out there and I garner new patrons off that. Mm. But for me, I'm just trying to work with YouTube. I'm, I'm basically trying to, I'm trying to capitalize on all of it for whatever kind of like long-term goal that is of like a film or like, because that's, I mean, there's just so much stuff that goes into it of like all of these things have a, a, like a rippling effect of like, if you do good on YouTube and you're like, man, I really want to work for a 24 or I want to like really want them to produce my thing. Mm. You now have like an analytical sheet of like, this is what I know oh. I can produce and do and stuff. And that also goes to show with like, 
you know, economic numbers for companies. If you're trying to do stuff for like, man, I really want to make like a statue or something. And to feel like people can maybe like, you can get like loans off that way, or you can do this. So it's just, yeah, it's trying to give yourself the most options. You know, that doesn't mean that it has to be for everybody. But for me, I just like having that aspect of feeling like I just, I have so much room to play with. Yeah. Um, I like the metaphor you gave of like the harvesting, like you've, you've planted the seeds and you've mm -hmm. grown the, the crops. And at a certain point you mm -hmm. have to just like harvest and you, you know, it's like, and I think that's a good way of thinking about it is some people are just always, always planting more and planting more and planting more. And it's like, you're going to, I want to keep this metaphor going as long as I can. Eventually you're going to ruin the soil, you know, like it's, it's just like how it, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's true. Like even with farming, like you, you have to eventually just let, harvest and let the soil heal. Um, harvest. And you also have to realize too to get those benefits that it, I right. mean, like you have to have those seeds to keep the metaphor going. You have to have your season of prepping the fields and doing that kind of thing. So it's like, you have to put that much work in yeah. to get, it just doesn't come with like, you know, <laughs> little bit of this and that it, it takes time and it takes mm -hmm. work and stuff but it is depending on where you want to go and what you want to do in my opinion it's worth it how much time did it take for your channel to take off you know like to get oh, to where you know um, to get that huge bump yeah um man i i was very i mean like with everybody that does well on it's just a little bit of luck or whatever but i mean i didn't have anybody like it wasn't like a large channel from what i remember in August, I want to say maybe like August or July, I posted this video, which is still the most viewed video on my channel. Uh, it's uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. It's like a Pinocchio parody thing. Um, that's funny. So that's your most watched one. It's, yeah. I think it's just, I, I, think, I think it's just because people come in, they're like, what's his most viewed video? Mm. And like, oh, it gets, it kind of gets wow. re residual yeah, views off that, but. Mm -hmm. It's really, I mean, like I made it in, I think three hours or something like it was exactly. very, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, like the, the drawings are great, but it's a very simple video. Super, super simple. And a lot of those early 2019 videos, it's character standing. It's very hearkening back to Metalocalypse, Aqua Teen. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a character standing and talking yeah. and they look funny and that <laughs> is enough. And that's like something that, you know, and after a while you see people, cause then people start seeing, they're like, oh, well, fuck, it's just like super simple. But then the next upload you have help. And now the video looks great. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's just a continuous evolution. But to go back, I guess, to the statement was I had 700 subscribers on YouTube in like, I think July or August of 2019. And then like, I released that video. It really didn't do anything. And I was like, okay. And like three weeks later, I woke up and I had, I think I had like 30,000 subscribers. And I was like, what the fuck oh. is going on? And apparently some person... They wrote like an article about the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio was working on, and they shared my video, oh. and then it got onto Reddit. And Interesting. It, like, it, it was doing that, but then I had when I was working in New York, I had a buddy or like this producer, Lauren. She does L cartoons on YouTube. She's like a story time person. She was like, "Man, whenever I hit it big the first time, I really wish I would have like made something sooner to capitalize on the algorithm." So immediately, I like went downstairs and I made a video like another one, and like mm -hmm. it was like. And ever since then, and then by the end of that year, so that was August. So then by December, I mean, I was probably at like 180,000 or something. And then January, I was in 2200 or 180,000. And then by January, I was in 200,000. And then by the end of I mean, 2020, I think by the end of 2020, I was at like two point something million or something. And now we're coming up to four million. So it's just like, I mean, usually it's around 100 
like 150 to 200,000 subs a month is usually what we're what, what I'm pulling in. That's amazing. That's really amazing. That's really bonkers. Wow. Just trying to capitalize off off of luck, you know. Yeah, but that's really what you, yeah, you got to see. But that's how it works. That's how it works. Even yeah. in this industry, like even you know, it's all like you got to be ready for yeah. when the, the time comes, and you were literally, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're gonna have an opportunity to where, yeah, if you put yourself out there, you know, even in in the, in the industry, you know, I was lucky enough to even get that job and stuff, and that's just because I put myself out there and I socialized. I made contacts with people to where when something came along, they're like, Hey, do you want it? And you take it, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's that kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a fuck. It's been a, a crazy, crazy <laughs> wow. ride, but it's been cool, man. I mean, it's like, it's like, I love going back sometimes whenever I'm like, man, I just, I really don't like what I'm making or something <laughs> and going back and looking at like stuff from 2019 or like, oh, yeah. you know, that kind of thing and being like, fuck, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm making so much better stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like having that perspective too, to like appreciate your own growth, I think is cool. Absolutely. Oh, hundred percent. That's so important. That's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything you want to plug while you're on here? Fuck. I mean, if you like, if you like weird cartoons, I have meat Canyon channel and I do like drawing videos and, um, not like tutorials or anything, but just like goofy comedy drawing stuff. And, other animations on my second channel, Papa Meat. If you do want to you, give that a check out. Do you have TikTok? No. No, I got banned. Oh, I got no. banned oh. from there. So, so I, I have one there, but I don't really ever. Okay. God, I just, God, I fucking hate yeah. TikTok so much. I just, I, it, it's just such a headache. I, I hate it too because I'll be scrolling through, I'll post something and I'll scroll through and like mine will get like a thousand likes yeah. and I'll be like, okay. And I'll scroll through and then I'll see one of my animations or like the same oh. animation I post that has like 400,000 likes. And you're like, fuck me, dude. Yeah. Come on. Like, yeah, it, it's it's a nightmare. And it's like it's unfortunate that we have to all kind of bow to it because it's kind of the. Yeah, the no, I mean, thing, it's, but, it's the biggest thing ever. Yeah, and, right, but it's, yeah. it is a clusterfuck. And like I, I will occasionally like try to read up on strategies and stuff and people will literally just repost the same thing over and over until it like hits. And it's like, that's, that's a good system. <laughs> that's a, that's definitely a sign of a good system. Well, that's the thing. And it's just, ugh, it's just the whole thing too, of like that app. It's like, there's so many good people on yeah. it. So many like creative and funny people. And it's just, I mean like it's the same with YouTube, but I think the only problem with TikTok for me is just like, it puts it on the same level. Like I have to consciously click a video on YouTube or like have it be thrown at me sure. versus like TikTok. I'll see something super funny, like a sketch. And then the next one will be like, I don't know, like a guy farting yeah, in the yeah. bathroom or yeah, something. Yeah. It's, it's all on the same yeah. playing field, which is cool. But at the same time, it's just like, it makes it, it yeah, it it's hard because it. it just feels like a huge dump. It does. It does well, in a way. But I think that it's become the ultimate, this is the dump on TikTok hour. Um, I, I think that it's become an ultimate version of, the idea of a feed and i don't mean that in a in a positive way where it's like it's just it's just content with a capital c and like it's just like shit you're just scrolling through none of it actually implants in your head like yeah you might share it you might quote it here and there but it's like it's just so constant when you're on there that it's it just feels disposable like and everything on there feel and when it's animation that is so much harder to produce than like you said you know a, a, a right. guy doing a backflip it's like you know, and oh, man. I, I think that like uh, the best and the, the as I've said before, too, it's just like with YouTube, it's just 
knowing how to play the game and stuff and realize that that thing is not going anywhere. It's going to be here. So like one thing that I've learned a lot is that if I find a really funny skit, I try to reach out to the creator and ask them if they're like opening for like writing stuff. Oh, I've been trying to be more open yeah. to like oh, writing cool. positions and give them an opportunity for some paid work and stuff too. And see if like there can't be more cool ways to collab with more people and like use that as like an awesome way to uh, meet new people. Yeah, you know? totally. By the way, I thought your Fiverr video where you gave that prompt for the fanfic, the Zootopia fan that was... If you ever want to so like funny. make yourself laugh, oh my like, god! If you ever make yourself laugh, just like write up just nonsense and then have just like go on Fiverr with like twenty dollars and have people like professionally <laughs> record it. It's so fun. It's so good. It's it, it's God. It's good. Yeah, that's a part. I do this uh, series on my second channel called Regretimation, and we just think of like really stupid ideas and then we like try to outsource it in a way to other people to where when it's a finished product, it's like this, just, just like, I mean, it's like a regrettable animation type thing. So it's just really, it's a lot of fun. Amazing. Amazing. You guys check out regrettable animation. I, it's so funny. Um, oh yeah. Well, that's the end of this creative block. Hunter, thanks for being uh, our guest and sharing your story. Yeah, I appreciate and, it. Thank you guys for having me. And thanks to your listeners. Follow us on Twitter. It's at creative block, creative without the vowels where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to my sister Clemens for writing the podcast and our producer Malik. Yeah. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, Gene. And I was V. Keeping creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.